Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. Right now, well, uh, let's talk about that and many other topics with the Minister of Local Government and Regional Growth. Simon Clark, he joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. I'm, I'm going to come back to the, the issue of uh, the Tory MP who has not been suspended, but I know uh, more people right now are concerned about whether or not in a month's time their kids are going to be able to go back to school in England. Of course, in Scotland, children will be going back in just about a week's time, uh, but very different term times. But um, the, the plans seem to be up in the air a little bit at the moment, uh, although um, uh, the government seems to be sent, you know, sending out a message, it's definitely going to happen. Um, but a new report in The Lancet today, a mathematical model is saying that the... Uh, uh, there are big question marks over the test and trace system, whether or not it's up to scratch to prevent a second wave coming about uh, as a result of all our kids going back to school. Um, how convinced are you that first that schools will be able to come back full time for all pupils? Schools absolutely will be coming back full time for all pupils in, in September. That's that's something which is a uh, a total priority for the government here in England. And I'm sure it's shared by the uh, by the uh, devolved nations as well. We are absolutely uh, clear that the the impact of children missing uh, so much of their education is enormous and has you know multi-year consequences for their for their life chances. It is therefore absolutely vital we have a good test and, test and trace system in place to support that and the wider return to normality that we are seeking. And we do have a system which is making huge strides now. Uh, 184,000 people have been contacted by Test and Trace since it was set up. Uh, 184,000 people who might otherwise have been spreading uh, infection throughout our society. So whilst there's further to go, and we totally accept that this is not uh, this is not the end state and there's always more to learn, it is good progress and it is supporting uh, the changes that we need to see. Well, there's no doubt there is progress. And yesterday we were talking about this sort of game-changing test that could be done and not invasive, uh, doesn't need a medical procedure, a medically trained people to carry it out. And, and you can just have a machine that's on site, takes 90 minutes. That may well be absolutely crucial for making sure we can get tests done quickly, schools, workplaces, care homes and the like. Um, but there is this concern, as reported in the Lancet study, uh, that the, the, the current rate at which we are tracing contacts and that those contacts are actually isolating isn't going to be enough once we've got kids back at school once their parents go back to work many of them on public transport that we are going to see a number of different factors that are going to drive an increase in the virus um, are you convinced are those in government convinced that enough measures are in place and that that test and trace regime 
which is, yes, improving, but is improving at a good enough rate that we can follow many other European and Asian countries in getting our kids back to full-time school without a second wave resulting, which will leave them closing again. Now, we are confident that this system is is the right one and that it's, it's, it's strong and getting stronger. And I pay uh, tribute to everyone involved in helping to design it and to operate it. There is further work to do. We know that. We want to get the numbers up as high as we possibly can. And certainly to all listeners, if you are contacted by the Test and Trace Service, it is really vital that you, uh, you do self-isolate if you're advised to do so. We reach uh, 80% plus of those who test positive. And of those, we reach 75% of their close contacts. That's obviously something we're, that we're learning about all the time, the best time of day to contact these people, whether there should be physical follow-up of those we can't reach uh, on the phone. Those are the kind of refinements that we're always uh, interested in, in, in learning about as we, as, we, as we go. But this is something which, when you think that no one envisaged this yeah. literally just a few weeks ago, we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much over the fact that it's not it's not the end okay. state yet. We are testing more than almost anywhere else now. Oh, well, n- now, perhaps a lot of people are pointing out we should have been doing it a lot earlier and we'd be doing a lot better. Um, the trouble is with asking people to do the right thing and getting you know make sure you get yourself tested, make sure you isolate, is um, asking people to do the right thing is it has a different cost for different people. Um, I can work from home and still get paid. You, you could not work at all and still get paid as an MP. You don't have to turn up for one minute a day and you can still be paid. You'll still be paid as a government minister. Thank you very much. Um, there are millions of people, lots of people listening right now, who won't get paid a penny. They won't be entitled to sick pay. They won't be entitled to anything else. But they're just going to have to have no work for a couple of weeks while they isolate. You can understand why a lot of people want to do the right thing, but um, they simply can't afford to. They've got rent to pay, mortgage to pay. They've got kids to feed. Well, in all cases, obviously, we'd urge employers to take a considerate and compassionate approach to people in this situation. I think that's part of the wider social Why don't you require uh, them to do so? Uh, well, there is there is a, a, a wide range of support in place as well for people who find themselves in this situation. If somebody, for example, uh, needs immediate access to, to finance, then Universal Credit, the advanced payment system, it can make payments uh, incredibly quickly now to make sure that no one goes without. And that system has stood up brilliantly uh, over the last, the last few months. The fact that Universal Credit has been able to uh, flex to a number of people who have needed financial support uh, it, it, it's, it's a considerable success. But hold on a minute. Those, those people who've been earning for the last week, they, they're not going to be eligible for, for universal credit uh, unless uh, uh, advanced loans, unless they're actually accepted on universal credit. These people don't want to be on universal credit. They want to be out working. They want to be supporting their families and paying taxes. I quite agree. We all want them to be out there doing just that. I mean, look, there's no one in government takes any relish from this situation. It is a really difficult bind that we find ourselves in. And we have put hundreds of billions now into the economy as a part of our effort to make sure that we maintain some measure of forward momentum at such a difficult time. There's no there's no one in government denying that this is a really, really challenging situation. Okay. What we're trying to do is set the right structures in place so that we can indeed 
protect the public and get back to uh, get back to greater normality. Well, this is it. We've got this difficult sort of pull and push factor going on here, haven't we? Because at one point you've got, you know, the eat out to help out uh, a plan. We've got the uh, started yesterday. We've got the government urging civil servants to come back, schools to come back, everyone back in their offices. And at the same time, big warnings, almost you know, it's almost like the left hand, and the right hand don't know what they're doing. Big warnings about a second wave. Um, is there any evidence of this second wave? We had nine more deaths yesterday uh, with coronavirus. We don't know whether it was of coronavirus because we can no longer trust the death data from Public Health England. 938 new confirmed cases, which is a six-week high. But as you say, we're doing a lot more testing. And if you look at cases per number of tests done, actually the figures remain steady. Other than these very localised spikes in areas where people haven't been uh, observing social distancing, is there any evidence of this second wave that we've all been talking so much about? Or is this just scaremongering by the government, in which case you're damaging your own work to get everyone back into the workplace? We're not going through a second wave at the moment. We're taking robust measures to try and make sure that we are indeed uh, able to avoid that scenario. There are clearly areas of the country where there have been some upticks uh, in, in the outbreak rate, and that's why we've taken the action we have in Greater Manchester, East Lancashire and West Yorkshire, and indeed in Leicester uh, before that. Uh, and we, we can't apologise for doing that. It's what's necessary at, uh, at this time. But if we want to make sure that we don't see slippage, and of course the data is fast changing and this virus has not gone away, uh, then we do need to make sure that we we all continue to follow the rules that are in place for our, in the end for our own protection. Okay. Uh, there is the risk of a second wave and we shouldn't be in any way blasé about that. Uh, just finally, let's talk about uh, this uh, colleague of yours, a Tory MP, a former government minister who has been accused of rape and coercive control and other sexual offences by a former female parliamentary aide. She says that she spoke to the chief whip, uh, Mark Spencer, way back in April and that no action was taken. Uh, he has not been suspended. He has not been named. Is that the right decision? Well, we obviously all feel very deeply for the victims of all uh, sexual crimes. It's a terrible, uh, it's a terrible uh, set of uh, allegations, and we take it with the utmost, the utmost seriousness. In the end, as you were discussing just before I came on, this is only at the stage of an allegation having been made. There's no no charge has yet uh, been issued at all. It's very important to be clear about that. We do believe uh, in the principle of following due process, and this is something that is in the hands of the criminal justice system, obviously the government will respond should matters progress further. Uh, and uh, there is no question that the chief whip is, is, is a good guy and he, he knows full well the seriousness of this situation. Well, this is the rather bizarre situation that MPs in the House of Commons voted in 2016 to change the procedure in relation to the automatic naming of arrested MPs. That was the case, but again, uh, not actually people being named if they've not been charged. There was only one dissenting voice, and that was John Mann, now Lord Mann. Um, those are the likes of Jess Phillips and others, and even some Tory female MPs who are criticising the decision, um, many of them actually voted for that measure. They were in the House in 2016 or didn't object to that measure, uh, that rule being changed. It is it is not necessarily a matter for the discretion of the Chief Whip at this point. This is simply a matter for the, the, the law, which is parliamentary procedure, which is the law, which is that MPs should not be named in these scenarios unless or until further action is taken. I think I, think, I have to say that is the, the, the right balance. It is obviously a very sensitive and difficult one, and never more so than in the case of accusations of this nature, which are particularly horrible. Uh, look, no one is going to defend uh, anyone who's committed a crime of this nature, but it is really important to remember these are 
allegations. Uh, it is, it is a, it's an immensely serious situation. I'm obviously very limited in what I can say and what, I, what, what, what we all should say, I think, at a point where uh, the police and the, uh, the CPS will need to do their work. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Online. On DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Right now, let's turn our attention to the furlough scheme. Nine million people were put on the furlough scheme at the cost of many, many tens of billions of pounds. Uh, good news is we're now down to four and a half million people on that scheme as it begins to wind down with employers having to pay some uh, share of that. And at the end of October, it's all over. Uh, but should people be getting back to work long before the furlough scheme ends? Well, certainly one man who thinks so is the Pimlico plumbers boss, Charlie Mullins, who was told staff last week back at work on Friday or you face the sack. Well, let's talk to Charlie Mullins, who joins us right now. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Julia. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. Um, uh, you have uh, you get quite a lot of stick for being very open about your political views and uh, uh, you, you've had it over the years. I think you get used to it. You're a self-made millionaire. You're very outspoken in your views. Um, and yet you've got quite a lot of stick for saying, well, back at work or you face the sack. Why do you think that it was right to tell your staff that? What do I watch? Again, Why was it right to tell your staff that? Well, I just think I'm being honest and I, and I don't want to string them along and I, I don't want uh, anybody else to abuse or milk the, the furlough system. I think time's up on it. It was a lifeline which was much needed and we've got to draw a line under it at some stage. And I said from day one that, you know, I'm not prepared to pay somebody to sit at home and do nothing. Simple as that. And do you think there were members of your own staff who were abusing or milking the system? Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, you know, these are the same people that are telling other work colleagues, you know, I love this furlough, 80% for doing nothing. These are the same people that go on the beach at Bournemouth, barbecues, bars, all the, all the bits and pieces. But they come up with, you know, well, they don't even say I'm scared to go to work. They just say, this suits me much better. 
than going to work. Are you kidding me? They're, they're, they're even honest with you. They're actually happy well, to they're say... they're not honest with me. Oh. They're not honest with me. They're honest with, with their other work colleagues. You know, you've got to be mad kind of work. You know, I love this, I love it, you know. And as I say, you know, you see the Bournemouth Beach. I mean, how many of them people was on furlough? Well, you know, how many, of them, how many of them are all of a sudden scared to go to work, but they're happy to go to the beach? No, the majority of your 450 workers did return to their jobs, um, uh, but, uh, but but except some 30 members were of staff were, took voluntary redundancy or were fired. Were they were the 30 you predicted? Well, so what? Sorry, were they the 30 that you predicted? I mean, when you when you were looking at the staff that you thought were were, were abusing the system, well, look, milking the um, system, were they the ones that look, you thought they were? We've, we've made about ten people redundant. Um, we've uh, managed to part company with about ten people that said they didn't want to want to be coming back to work or some other nonsense they come up with. Um, and about another ten people have gone elsewhere on the basis that you know I don't think we have a future with. Uh, they don't have a future with Pimlico Plumbers. But but again, I'm only being honest. What's the point in telling them all in October you haven't got a job? You know, I know one company, and I, and I think it's so wrong, they're going to put 120 people off um, it, when the furlough finishes. So that's wrong. They're, they're taking government money. We've all got to pay for that. You know, I just think it's wrong. Why Why should they, you know, a boss's job is to be honest with his workers. And if, if, if they're going to work together and continue then they need to make them plans. If, they, if they're not going to continue, then I think they need to be honest with people. Um, you, know, you took a lot of stick. You, you've pointed out that actually, you know, you did have to keep working. You've always said, you know, plumbing is the uh, the fourth emergency service. People still need it. I, I needed a plumber uh, during uh, uh, lockdown. And uh, a lot of people still do with their problems. In fact, a lot of people would lo- like to have been able to get, get hold of a plumber during that, that lockdown period when they were far, far, few and far between. But you you said you did actually look after the, the 150 who did come into the office to keep things going. What did you do for those 150? who did brave the office throughout the lockdown? Okay, it's not quite true, 150. Um, look, we have about 450 people, all the engineers are self-employed, and they carried on working, yep. carrying out an essential service. About 160 people are in their head office. Two-thirds of them walked out within five minutes of knowing they're going to get 80% to sit at home and do nothing. The ones that continued and worked the company through the crisis we, we gave them £20 a day bonus, which can be obviously 140 quid. A lot of them worked seven days. We laid on hot and cold food for them, all free, all day long and all night. We laid on free parking for them. And, and when, when, um, you know, when I, I say the, the virus pretty much come to an end, we also give them a £200 voucher for Langham's restaurant, each individual. So, you know, they've helped the company out. I believe we've looked after them. And, 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 and that's what I was prepared to do, that anybody that was comfortable enough to carry on working. We put, we put all the corona um, uh, health and safety issues in place immediately. We have a full-time health and safety officer. We've got very large offices, which allows us to do social distancing. We geared up their engineers with masks, gloves, sanitizer, footwear, uh, sinks in their van, and was even making sure the safety of customers by ringing them and they would open the door for us. We'd go in and do the job, and they don't even have to meet us. But And, and also, I have to add, um, Julia, we've been carrying out free emergency work for the NHS service. Um, 
for, for ever since the coronas and you know that's that's been going down very well as far as helping out people that are that have been doing the wonderful job they've been been doing saving people yeah i mean it all, all sounds really good stuff here I mean, are you always surprised at the the backlash to employers like you who do i mean let's be honest just tell it like it is and as you say the big fear has been that an awful lot of the people on the furlough scheme are people who are not going to be returning to work those jobs don't exist the employers know those jobs don't exist maybe no one's told the employees yet but as you say we the rest of us the taxpayers will be picking up the extra bill for that well of course we are the the, the chancellor's already talking about claiming in two billion from online um, online sales. Why should people because they they shop online or they can't get out to to shop or it suits them better? Why why should they have to pay for people to sit at home and do nothing? It's wrong. I think we should I think we should stop the furlough system immediately and start a system up again for the genuine people that their industry can't go back to work or they genuinely have got under health um, issues underlying health issues we need to we need to stop of course we've got to look after the people that are genuine but you know we also got to start promoting people back into the workplace we need people to you know spend their money on public transport on taxes we need people to go in and buy a coffee we need people to use shops and pubs and restaurants you know we need to get get the, the economy going again and if everybody sits at home the, the unemployment figures are going to be absolute colossal. And I honestly believe that a lot of people will never work again if they continue with this furlough unnecessary. Um, have you been working throughout this, though? Because you're you're in Spain in your villa. That's where you're talking to us from. Very right, nice really. it looks, too. Some people are saying, yeah. well, hold on a minute. You're having a go at these guys. But there you are oh, in look. your swanky villa in Spain. Yeah, Julie, Julia, uh, you're, you're totally right. But hold on, I'm not having a go at these people. I'm being honest. I'm being compassionate. Now, can I can I stop know. you a second? Because I know we've got you on video and your video's just gone all 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 fuzzy. I don't know whether you've pressed something because I know a lot of people are going to be watching this on social media afterwards. No, no. OK, sorry. Something went wrong there. Um, what was the question? <laughs> so you're, you're telling everyone they need to be back in the office. Uh, yeah. and, and yet there you are in your swanky villa in Spain. You're not back in the okay, office. Okay, and, and what's wrong with that? I didn't get the villa for, for sitting at home doing nothing. And by the way, I got stuck in Spain because of the coronavirus. I also have business out in Spain now. And the moment I can get back, I'll be there. I've, I've been to work throughout the coronavirus. I've been non-stop. So... You know, if they want to slag me off because I've got a nice villa, that's up to them. Oh, but I, I, I'm not. I'm not joining in that. I wish I was in my villa in Spain. To be honest with you. Well, um, yeah, but what I'm trying to say, I'm I'm not hiding that fact. You know, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying, well, look at me. I'm working every day here, and, and we're keeping the company going. And I appreciate the people that are also working with me. But you know, I'm not. I don't need to defend the fact that. You know, I've worked hard and I have a nice villa. And and as I say, I've got stuck here because of the Corona situation. Um, I've either got to go back and do 14 days there or wait, hopefully, till this bypasses and then go back. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Well, let's talk to Kate Nichols, who's Chief Executive of UK Hospitality, representing that industry. Kate, um, did Eat Out to help out, help out your members? The initial signs are positive that it did start to help people out, that we had quite a few uh, good 
levels of bookings, lots of walk-ins, and that people did seem to take advantage of the the offer yesterday. So we hope that that continues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially you know, a Monday, a Monday night. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the three quietest nights in the restaurants. I can remember waitressing and managing actually a restaurant at one point in my, my late teens. Um, I don't know how it ended up that way, but uh, uh, you know, there were some Monday nights when you lay up the whole place, you had all the food ready, and not a single customer. Whereas only two nights before you'd been absolutely packed with a queue out the door. Um, is there a worry, though, as some uh, eatery owners have suggested, that you're just going to get a load of business on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but then you're going to see less business on a Friday and a Saturday, and so overall you're not going to do any better? Well, I think that that is always the concern. But I think with, with COVID at the moment, more people are pre-booking because uh, there are restrictions on space and because tables sell out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so I do think you will see some additional trade coming through in those quieter periods of the week as people are tempted out. And I think particularly the case for those customers who haven't tried going out yet, just over half haven't tried to go back out and eat and drink out. They are going to want to look actively for a quieter period. So yeah. it's very much hope that it will build confidence amongst that group of customers and they will come out in addition to the people who are comfortable coming out on a busy time. Yeah, I mean, that's the crucial thing, isn't it? So, I mean, a lot of people go, oh, no, don't go out. I can remember on the 4th of July, the number of people, I, I tweeted out a picture of me sitting outside the pub. I was actually with my brother and his girlfriend and my husband and, and my sister. And uh, I was sitting you know, way away from other people, uh, sitting open air, no risk at all. Um, and uh, and they, uh, you know, say no more risk than, than, than just genuinely walking about in daily life. And number of people saying, oh, that's so risky. That's, that's a terrible thing. There are lots of people who just think that you're going to be very very crowded and they've seen the footage of say you know Soho in central London where people were cheap by jail um, that is not the case in, in, in most uh, restaurants and bars and pubs it's all very sensible people are seated at the table it's all very calm people aren't uh, uh, you know at, at risk to each other and it's a lot of this is just about I mean, not just boosting people's confidence go out on a quiet night it'll be safe but also um, getting people back into the habit of going out I, I think that is the most important thing at the moment is is People, if you've been locked down, if you've been stuck at home and you haven't tried going back out, there is that first step that people have to take where they're unsure and they don't know what it's what it's going to be like. And what we do find is that when people do come back out, and as I say, just over 40% have returned over the last month, they find that they're hugely reassured, very positive response to the COVID secure guidelines and protocols we've put in place. And they come back time and time again. So I think this is about getting people over that first hurdle, yeah. getting them back into the habit. Uh, as your last caller said, you know, giving them a little bit of an incentive that it, it is cheaper to eat out. Most importantly, then, they realise it's not so bad going back into town centres, back yes. into high streets and other businesses will benefit too. This is not just about hospitality. Yeah, indeed, and that's all part of getting people back to work, isn't it? It's a huge... It is. I mean, lots of people who've been on furlough, uh, you know, obviously 80% of their pay, um, but but saving a lot of money from travel. People who've been working from home, I was really aware, I was working from home for three solid months. My husband's still mostly working from home. And, you know, you're not paying the, the transport costs, you're not having to deal with, you know, the dry cleaning of the, the suits or whatever, uh, if that's the sort of job you're in. You don't have to, is it, well, not don't have to, I know, but a lot of people get tempted by the coffee on the way in, the sandwich yeah. at lunchtime. There are lots of extra little costs. But, of course, those extra little costs are what keep other people in their jobs. 
Absolutely. You know, three million people are employed in hospitality and are dependent upon us going out, eating and drinking out. And we had got into the habit of going out very frequently, particularly if we were commuter in the office. So every little helps in terms of encouraging people to return. And we do have to learn, as, as the scientists are telling us and as the politicians are telling us, this is going to be around for a, quite a bit longer. So we're going to have to get used to living with these restrictions and making the best of them and the most of them. So this scheme is about kick-starting that recovery, getting people used to taking that first step back out and hopefully getting the economy moving again. Yeah, absolutely. So you're going in and out on your phone line a little bit. I'm not quite sure what that problem is, but just finally I want to ask you, um, we spoke to the Resolution Foundation a bit earlier. You've done some research into the numbers on furlough. We know 9 million on furlough at the highest point. Big concern. That was, that was way, way more than the Rishi Sunak, the chance to expect it to be on furlough. Uh, now we know less than 4.5 million. So half of those people have returned. Um, shops have reopened. Obviously now restaurants and bars, a lot of them have reopened. Again, not in many city centres, just in local areas. They've actually been able to get their stuff back. Um, are are you concerned about the furlough scheme winding down and finishing completely when some restaurants and bars just haven't been able to come back and, and may not for some time? I think that that remains a huge concern. I mean, the furlough was critical in supporting hospitality jobs. We had 2.8 million people in hospitality successfully furloughed. That was about 87% of our workforce. We've brought back over half of those, but we still have large swathes of the industry closed by legislation. Bowling, hotel events, weddings, uh, nightclubs, music venues, all still closed, all facing additional costs. And there's a very real fear that some jobs will be lost unless that we get additional help or support yeah. or unless we get those businesses open more quickly. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.